What is going on, everybody? It is Tuesday evening. We had massive, massive news updates here today, and it aligned perfectly with the podcast. I must say, sometimes I'd rather be lucky than good. And thank you to Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks, the Denver Broncos, Aaron Rodgers, Packers, even Kyler Murray, because he, of course, had to chime in today here on Tuesday, March 8th. And we got the podcast. We're going to talk all about it. MLB negotiations. I guess it's going on. The last I heard from Drellick of The Athletic is that there might be a nighttime meeting again. So maybe we wake up Wednesday morning and you're listening to this now and we have a CBA. But who knows? Let's talk about it anyway. It's episode 77 of the podcast. Count me among those that says that this deal with Seattle uh, Wilson going to the Denver Broncos, the trade that dropped here on Tuesday, it's not a done deal. And something tells me Russell Wilson is just weird enough. It seems like by the day we're learning just how weird this guy is. I'm counting him as someone that might ax this deal and say, actually, Seattle, I changed my mind. Take me back. Take me back. Please, please, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could see him doing that. Um, Now, I guess it's unlikely, but if there's anyone that would do that, I think it would be Russell Wilson. And when I look at this deal, I think it's very fair. You know, two firsts, two seconds, Noah Fant, uh, 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 Shelby Harris, both solid players, not great players. Uh, And of course, they get Wilson in a fourth rounder, the Denver Broncos. It's not highway robbery, which if you're making this deal, and you're Seattle, this tells me a lot. And I don't think it's really that great of a return for the Seahawks. It's a haul. But when you trade Russell Wilson, Hall of Fame quarterback, future Hall of Fame quarterback, because that's what he is, you need to you know fleece the other team. You got to take him to the cleaners. And, and they didn't here. And they did it just hours after Aaron Rodgers announced that he's returning to Green Bay so they know, hey, the MVP of the league, that domino has now uh, fallen so we can talk about our quarterback, Wilson. It didn't take them long, the Seattle Seahawks, to pick up the phone and engage with the Denver Broncos or maybe even the Broncos called, but Seattle was ready to do business. A week after Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll at the Combine said that they have no intention of trading them. Bullshit. This tells me right here, hours after Rodgers and meager deal all things considered because again hall of fame quarterback russell wilson you do not trade those guys it just doesn't happen history of the league you don't you don't trade that level of player you hold on to them and you keep paying them and paying them until they fall off a cliff this tells me that the relationship between russell wilson and the hawks whether it's schneider uh just ownership and pete carroll or all combined it was in a bad place and I bet the you know person who's to blame for all this is Russell Wilson himself. I used to hold this guy in the highest regard, character-wise. Just you know, face of the franchise guy will stand at the podium, go Hawks, say the right things, uh, give you little as far as information on the team. Always optimistic. I thought he was elite as far as intangibles and being accountable to his teammates, holding his teammates accountable to the organization. Uh, first in, last out sort of guy. He was all of that in his uh, two college programs, NC State and Wisconsin, and he was uh, for several years with the Hawks. But ever since the Dan Patrick thing, that was days after the Super Bowl, and the, it's rumored that 
Seattle, uh, or, uh, Russell Wilson watched that Super Bowl in Tampa with the Chiefs, saw Tom Brady and what he was able to do, and then he just got pissed off, and he wanted more say in uh, personnel, even though Tom Brady didn't have a say in personnel. He just fought for his teammates. There's a huge fucking difference. Russell Wilson wanted to like run the organization because he had won all these games for the Seahawks. He, he wanted to play quarterback and be executive and be general manager, and it's just like, Russell, that, that's not how this works. And then he went on Dan Patrick and said he's tired of getting hit. And, of course, the agent said, well, we're not looking to get traded, but if the Seahawks want to trade him, we'll look at the Cowboys, Raiders, Bears, and Saints. But we are totally committed to Seattle. Yeah. Okay. That's where it really pivoted for me and Russell Wilson. And this haul... This trade package that Seattle just uh, executed, this tells me everything I need to know about Russell Wilson. His character is now tarnished. Now, are the Broncos getting a bad guy? No. Okay, he's still going to be a a company guy for all intents and purposes. But I think we can say now that when it's all said and done, when it gets down uh, to crunch time, if you will, he's going to be looking out for number one. He always talks about legacy. And winning Super Bowls and how many Super Bowls he wants to win. I think it was three more. So he can have four and be amongst the elite group of quarterbacks that have done that. And he talks about being the best of all time. You know, he's just obsessed with himself and his legacy. Tom Brady never did that. Peyton Manning never did that. Philip Rivers never did that. The guys that are revered as first-class guys, they don't talk about that stuff. And Russell Wilson... His character has taken a hit. It's now tarnished in my mind. It's not bad. He'll still be a great ambassador for the Broncos, and they got a great player. But I do not look at Russell Wilson the same at all. So the other big news that happened on Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay. I'm not even sure who broke it. I figured McAfee and his show would break the news just because Rodgers hinted at that. They're obviously tight. It's the only... Uh, public media show that he does. He doesn't even do it for Green Bay. Um, so yeah, he's back. Reportedly $200 million. He refuted it online. So, you know, I've heard of that before with athletes where the reporter breaks it. The athlete says it's not true. And then hours later, it is in fact the deal that the reporter reported. So I don't know. It also doesn't matter. He's going to be the highest paid player. It's really, in my opinion, probably going to serve as like a cap for other quarterbacks, no one's going to top $50 because nobody's better than Aaron Rodgers. Um, maybe they'll equal it if your name's Patrick Mahomes, but he signed his deal. So I, I don't see anybody ever exceeding that. Really, for quarterbacks, $50 million, it's you got to be below that if you're a lesser player. So um, big, big money. You, I would assume it's going to be cap-friendly because they are strapped against the cap, Green Bay. They got to pay Devontae Adams, who they tag. They'll probably get a long-term deal for him as well to lower that cap hit. The Packers are back in business. Now, I thought he would be going to Denver. I did. I thought Denver, all in on Dan Quinn. Then they really thought, okay, Aaron Rodgers might pivot from Green Bay, might want to come someplace else. We should go all in on Nathaniel Hackett to dangle that in front of Aaron Rodgers. He didn't bite. So, of course, they pivoted to Russell Wilson Got an exceptional player as well. But I will say, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's got a lot to prove after this deal. You know, he he chose to stay home, 
where's beloved and where's comfortable and where they have a good shot at continuing success. But, you know, when you think about Aaron Rodgers, I don't even think NFC Championship games, let alone Super Bowls. The guy hasn't won a championship game in the NFC since 2010. It's 2022. That's 12 years ago. There's got to be some return on investment here at some point. Like, yeah, you're Green Bay, you're relevant, you get the number one seed, but then you're outed again uh, after two consecutive years, not making it to the to the dance. I think there's a lot to prove here. He's 38 years old, and I think we kind of just assume that guys are going to play like well into their early 40s now. It's like Tom Brady, complete anomaly. We all know that. TB12, everything he's done to keep himself young. Drew Brees, yeah, he played at age 40, but then... You know, we saw the the slow signs of him slowing down and it not being the same Drew Brees come his last year. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he, he might have three good years left in him. I don't know if he's going to see the, the end of this contract as far as elite performance. And when we're talking about everybody else that has to get taken care of, they could be losing some key defenders as far as Devondre Campbell, um, also Zadarius uh, Smith, who I know they have an estranged relationship with, but he's still a good player. Preston Smith, they're talking about extending his contract. He's under contract, but there's some guys on defense that they have to fill. And that's not even getting into the special teams that cost them their playoff game. And along with Aaron Rodgers, he just continued to look in one direction as far as the offense and the skilled guys. So, you know, Matt LaFleur, he, he's got some issues as well. A lot to prove with Green Bay, despite being back-to-back number one seeds. And Rodgers obviously has to prove that he's worth $50 million. And he's got to get to the NFC Championship game. Let's stop talking Super Bowl. You got to get to the final game. I know you did against the 49ers. You got blown out. And you did against the Falcons. Guess what? That shit is going on six years ago in 2016 when the Falcons played the Pats. A lot to prove if you're Aaron Rodgers. And he just got the deal. He's in Green Bay. Now it's time to get back to work. I'm uh, pulling up the ticker here to find out some current and latest Major League Baseball CBA status. And, you know, what caught my attention was some NFL news. According to Charles Robinson of Yahoo, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the backup or competing. He's going to be signed to the New York Giants roster. And he'll be a member of the Giants. Um, Yeah, Mitch, it's kind of strange. Like, he's kind of eking his way back into uh, the rumor mill here as someone that you know a lot of of executives like. And, you know, maybe it's fool's gold here. Um, You know, Mitch, I think, is someone that obviously is talented. He went in the first round. I liked him a lot coming out of uh, UNC. I thought he was the best prospect in that 2017 class. Obviously, that was foolish with Watson and a guy named Patrick Mahomes. However, you know, he's not devoid of talent here. You know, when you have a guy like Matt Nagy, who's good at calling plays and, you know, obviously had some success in Chicago, I I feel like you saw a lot with Trubisky. Maybe there's a little bit more you can squeeze out of there. Because Ryan Pace, obviously, not a great general manager. Nagy, not great at game management. He did do good, some good things with Mitch. So, 
you know, I, I wouldn't be too high on them. I can see why execs are interested in adding them to their team. And the Giants, I think, is a great fit with Dabble or our Dayball. Uh, having uh, Kosham in Buffalo, but also you have a quarterback that has a lot to prove as well in Jones. So you got two motivated players to really elevate their game. We'll see where it goes. But the other quarterback I wanted to talk about was Jimmy Garoppolo. I said it last year, 2021 NFL draft, I have, would have not taken Trey Lance. I would not have even traded up in the first place, if I were the 49ers. I thought it was a huge mistake. They they gave up way too much when they had a viable starter in Jimmy Garoppolo. He was very productive when he played. Do I get that he was injured? Yeah. But you know what you do when you have an injured quarterback? You pay a premium for a backup. That's what the Cowboys did with Tony Romo when he was getting hurt all those years. They played Kyle Orton, a guy that used to be a starter. They paid him like $5 million, which at the time was huge money for a backup. They gave him, like, guaranteed three years. That's what the Niners should have done. Should have done something like that if you were wanting to make sure that your season wasn't going to get derailed had Jimmy gone down in the 2021 season. Well, he didn't go down. And your team made it to the NFC Championship game, toe-to-toe with the Rams. He played really damn well. And I don't even get why they want to trade him. Like, Why? Trey Lance, we saw him play. That guy is not ready to play NFL games. And everyone just seems to think he'll figure it out if you just let him play. No, he won't. He has no idea where he's going with the football. It is right now seven on seven for Trey Lance. And look, I like the guy for all intents and purposes here. Like he's handled himself very well. There's nothing that, you know, physically I don't like about his game. He played one game in the 2020 season, one. And he played at North Dakota State, a level down from the best level in football. So it's not like he was even in the FBS level at a non-Power 5. He was a level below that. It's it's just mind-boggling that the Niners and the media think that because he's on a rookie contract that you have to take advantage of it. No, No, you don't. You should go with the better player when it's all said and done. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance, he, he's not far along. You, you saw in NFL games, he was completely overwhelmed. Sure, he had some deep connections for like 40 yards. I think he threw it to Debo Samuel. Those shot plays and those eye catchers that you see on TV, that's not indicative of great quarterback play. Garoppolo has played now in... Two NFC Championship games has been a part of multiple Super Bowl winners. I understand he didn't play on all those. But the guy understands what a great team looks like. He's been in several different offenses, and he's played for two excellent coaches. This guy knows how to manage games. And that's a lot. Like, that's good. Ask him for that. That's a big deal when your quarterback, you can rely upon him throughout the course of the year to do that. There are so many games during that Niners season. I looked at Trey Lance no way could he have done what Jimmy Garoppolo was doing. But if the Niners are gung-ho on this and they want to make the wrong move and send him off, I'm definitely asking to go to Pittsburgh if I am Jimmy Garoppolo. I think playing for Mike Tomlin in that division with Baker Mayfield likely out, obviously you got to deal with Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, but I think it's just the most stable organization amongst those that need a quarterback. Washington, I mean... Yeah, they got some talent, but just think about the mess that's going on in that organization. Do you really want to throw yourself into that? New Orleans, Dennis Allen, like, 
I like him as a coordinator. I don't know if he's a good head coach. And probably the general manager is going to be retiring soon now that Sean Payton has left. So again, stability. I wouldn't think that the Saints are a good option. And then Houston. They're obviously in an overhaul. Lovey Smith, while I like him, I don't see him being there a long time. And they're obviously just not very talented. And he said he wants to win. Pittsburgh is the place for me. Now, I know there's Carolina as well. Why would you want to go to Matt Rule, who's clearly on the hot seat? Why would you want to go there just to have a new head coach coming in potentially the next year? I I think Pittsburgh is the best option. There are some other good options out there, but if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I definitely want to head to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Definitely want to hit on the franchise taggies, the guys that receive the top five salary, top five average salary at their position. Um, Some shockers out there. Um, as far as what I did not expect, and then some were just no-brainers. Uh, a couple of them that I thought were a bit silly um, was David Njoku of the Browns and Dalton Schultz. And, you know, the latter one is one that I thought was silly, and then I kind of took a second look at it, and I was like, Dalton Schultz, $10.9 million franchise tag for a tight end. Uh, same for Njoku. Schultz, I was kind of like, you know, I really don't like that. And then I looked at his stats, and it was like, third in receiving yards, uh, fourth in touchdowns, uh, sixth in receptions. I'm like, you know, Dalton Schultz, actually pretty doggone good. I, You know, name recognition-wise, he's not really a guy that I think of like top tight end in the league. But then again, there's really not that many great tight ends, and that's why they get paid so much. The Kelseys, uh, the Andrews, the Gronks, there's such a dip below that level of tight end that I guess like, you know, the, the Browns and the Cowboys are okay doing those. And like in Joku, I just think, you know, after he requested a trade, like there's so many fucking guys that are going through their agents through the media to request a trade and failing. Uh, the latest was like Kyler Murray and Keel Harry did it and Joku did it, falling flat on their face. And in Joku, now he's got the 10.9. So it's, you know, a guaranteed uh, one-year deal for him. But he's still got a lot to prove. And if he has a poor season, he's going to be looking at like a one-year $6 million deal uh, with the fucking Jaguars next year in 2023 because the Browns, you know, they're betting on him and they did him a solid. Well, I shouldn't say they did him a solid. They love him, so they want him. But this is by no means uh, a, a good thing for him. He's got a lot to prove heading into this year. And then Jesse Bates of the Bengals, the AFC champs, absolute monster safety. I love this guy. Does not talk a lot, can play in just about any scheme. And he's balled out since 2018 when he got drafted in the second round. This guy should get a long-term deal before July 15th. And I think he will. Cam Robinson, situation with the Jaguars that you just don't let good tackles go because there's so few good offensive linemen and he's played okay. So of course they're going to tag him and just say, Hey, Hopefully you can do this another year, and then if you do, we'll look at a long-term deal. I do not think they do it. Orlando Brown of the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs do a long-term deal just because they need the cap space, and he did play well, and he's played well his entire career, and he did on the left side. He played solid, better than I thought. I don't think he was exceptional, but he did play better. I think they do a long-term deal. And the other tight end was Mike Gusecki of the Dolphins, who I always liked. I said, you know, this guy's a beast. Every time I watch a Dolphins game, he's making plays. I realize he's very young. He's only 26. 
And, you know, he's solid. His numbers are not gaudy. I think he's someone that if they improve the quarterback play, they got McDaniel down there, and obviously two is the QB. If they can imp- improve the passing game just overall, Gasecki could, you know, have a huge uptick in numbers, and maybe he's the next guy uh, to be hitting that uh, that ceiling of tight end money. And then Chris Godwin, obviously the knee injury, they want to get a placeholder. He'll probably do a long-term deal. But then again, the Bucks they kind of go on a – per year basis. They just do that. They don't really have a whole lot of guarantees in the future, but this is the second year they've done this with Godwin. They may feel like they owe it to him and give him extra cash. Um, other than that, you know, the tags, Devonte Adams, you knew that one was coming. Uh, that was a no brainer with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, obviously in flux, they still need to get a long-term deal done. And now that Rodgers is in for the 2022 year, I think they will find a way to do a long-term deal with Devonte. So I'm keeping an eye out for any CBA negotiations that may be happening between the union and the owners. Um, Maybe there'll be a late night thing. Uh, Maybe not. I'm not getting my hopes up. I think there's still some ground to cover, but it's moving in the right direction. There's been concessions made on both sides. Hopefully we will get some baseball uh, by mid-April. I'm not saying I'm confident in it, but I'm not ruling it out yet either. But the biggest news today was that MLB continues to make money. Contrary to popular belief, uh, baseball is not dying. Baseball has a lot of fucking money, and they got a lot of it from Apple today. Uh, Baseball actually has been, I'm not going to say on the forefront because they've kind of followed the NFL, but they've been one of the leaders as far as streaming their product online. They've done it with YouTube. They've done it with Facebook. uh, And now they're doing it with Apple uh, to all countries. All countries, uh, South Korea, Japan, China, it's going to be Friday Night Baseball where they give you the marquee matchups, streaming only on Apple Plus or or Apple whatever, and that's where you're going to find the games. And they've done this, like I said, with the other revenue or the other streaming services. And this is why baseball is healthy. They're they are a global product. Um, and they are also a regional product. The teams matter to those in their cities and in their regions, but also it matters to those who are playing it in their homeland countries. So, you know, the, the KK Kims of the world, the Ichiro Suzuki's of the world, uh, the Hunjin Ryu's of the world, those are big uh, pots of revenue that MLB understands they have to dip their toes into because they have players on their major league teams. And that's how you reach them through those streaming services. And obviously, you know, baseball is also very regional with the uh, regional cable networks. So they understand that those have to stay alive as well. The Atlanta Braves are obviously the team in the Southeast, the New York Yankees in the upper East, along with the Boston Red Sox, KMOX radio in the Midwest has put Cardinals all over the map in that regard. So, Baseball is so healthy. There's money everywhere with television contracts. They just had NBC. They signed off a deal with them to do baseball. And they also are looking at Fox and Rean up there. There's money everywhere in baseball. The owners have it. So, yeah, when they say baseball is not profitable, I call bullshit on that as well. I don't get up in arms like the media does and the fans. And, again, the fans can do what they want. I'll, I'll never dog the fans. That's fine. The media is who I get pissed about when they start getting on their moral high horse with that shit. But baseball is certainly not dying. Yeah, do they have an audience problem? 
Do they need to tailor their game to the younger product? Yes, but they always talk about how it's dying because old people are watching it. Okay, the median age is in their mid-60s. Guess what? Those people are living for another 15 years. So this idea that it's an immediate problem, no, it's not. Yeah, you got to pay attention to it. Yeah, you got to get on it, but it's not an immediate problem. There is boatloads of cash coming in and the Apple contract perfect evidence to that. Appreciate everybody listening. I need you to tap that subscribe button, tap that share button, tell your friends, tell your folks, tell everyone we are everywhere where you get your podcasts and we are going to keep churning them out here on the podcast, Major League Baseball, hopefully back soon, NFL, the rumor mills just getting started. We got a lot of off-season material to get to. And if you have a question, a comment, you want anything read here on the show, check out my email, thepodcast at gmail.com. We've had that. I haven't been stressing that enough. Go ahead, send me an email because I feel like some of my listeners, based off the feedback, you're actually not as big social media-wise as I thought. Maybe I'm attracting an older generation or maybe I just have a a niche group of uh, folks here. And that's cool. I like that. Try hit up the email and we will get anything you want answered right here on the show. And I will be on the lookout there. It's the podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see everyone next week.